Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Sally. Catherine, how you doing? What's it going on? Uh, it's warm. Uh huh. It's turned out to be summer today. Uh huh. Oh yeah, it turned out today. Yeah. Yeah. So happy summer, and it is summer in New York City, and it is summer on the equator in my apartment. Mm. Yes, it is. I actually didn't know it was summer. I hadn't left the house until late yesterday, and um, it was the evening, sort of like six, seven ish, and mm-hmm. I needed to get groceries to eat mm-hmm. and eat that, uh, eat that food. Eat that food. So I put on. <laughs> Jeans, a sweater, a hat, and a coat, and a scarf. And I left my apartment, and my neighbors are like, are you okay? And I was like, no. And they go, you know, it's really hot all of a sudden. I was like, but normally it's been like 50, 60 this time, yeah. I, you know. So, uh, yeah, back back in a dress today. Yeah, things things changed wildly. Yeah. But here we are. But here we are. And let's before we talk about the weather extensively, mm-hmm. you can tweet at us about the weather or anything mm-hmm. at Struggle Bus Pod. Email us if you have a question or need advice at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Use the Instagram, Instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod. Use the hashtag struggle pod foot. Love it. Use Go the hashtag it. struggle. We're keeping it. Use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy. Email us at struggle. God damn it. I'm not I'm keeping this in. Keep it all Keep in. It all this is in. this is we're gonna get it in one. Str- no editing <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Strugglebuspodcast.com is our website where you can get timestamps and also find out how to become a VIP bonus member for as little as five dollars a month, where you get a monthly bonus episode. Mm-hmm. We have 19 up there, plus a cool thing in the mail, mm-hmm. and access to all the other bonus apps that we do. And we do it because we love you. But hey, if you're like, I don't have any money, but I want to join the secret Facebook group, that's free. And so you can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. But in the subject line, denote that you want to become a member versus a question for us. So you can send us separate emails, and we will get back to you. Uh, tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPKLR. Uh, I'm at 60% today, so I apologize in advance. And uh, Sally. You at 60% is like someone else at 110. Well, thank you so, so I, much. I think we're doing okay so far. I'm working it. I'm working. Um, should we jib- jibber? Yeah, jibber? let's get to it. Let's okay. get to opening jibber jabber. Uh, wow, Sally, yours looks extraordinary. Um, <laughs> can we start with yours, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start. So... You may or may not know that there's a new documentary on Netflix about Rachel Dolezal, whose name I just learned how to pronounce correctly from oh, the movie. It's kind of like Steve Mnuchin. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's not a sh, it's like a je. Yeah. Rachel Dolezal. Was that her choice or is that actually how it's pronounced? I <laughs> That's only, a great I have question. To ask because it's an amazing question. Um guys, don't watch this documentary. Well, for those who maybe don't know who Oh, right. Who she is. Okay. Okay. Rachel Dolezal is <laughs> a white woman who identifies as black. And she um, was running a chapter of the uh, the NAACP in Spokane, Washington. And um, she was like ousted and shamed and everything. And what's incredible. Okay, here's the thing. I recommend if you interact with one piece of content about Rachel (laughs) Dolezal this year or ever, you read Ijeoma Oluo's The Heart of Whiteness. Oh, my gosh. Which is, yeah, which is on The Stranger. Um, that's like all you need to read. But she if, interviewed her, right? Yeah. She interviewed her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to 
be like confounded and confused and angry and like if you want to have to ask yourself a lot of questions that you actually don't feel like you should have to ask yourself um you can watch the documentary what's what's really fucking fascinating is that this this is a person who has spent so much time and energy studying african american studies and ingratiating herself into black communities and yet she can't she doesn't seem to be able to understand why it's problematic that she identifies as black i i i like anyone who's white identifying as black to me is like completely i keep using the word confounding it's confounding but when you add in the layer that she's studied i think she was even a professor of african and, and became an active member of an organization yeah. like if she wants to do this at home and like maybe not tell anyone i might be like oh, okay fine <laughs> yeah. you do you but yeah. yeah right no she was like actually running a chapter of the naacp um and there's like a there's like a not like a reveal at the end but like a turn at the end that i don't want to spoil because i it like is it that she's white? <laughs> you guys won't believe how it ends. She is white. And this is um, like a twenty three and me situation. Yeah, no, but but the other thing that's really interesting is that she has like a really she has a lot of trauma in her childhood and a lot of abuse and um, it sounds like physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, like you name it. And the movie, like it's like there's this thread in the movie where you feel like not it's not that Rachel Dolezal is trying to like connect her trauma to the way she is now, but you kind of feel like the movie is trying to sort of get you to draw that conclusion. But it's like, it's very like, it's very wishy-washy and like unconvincing. And, and, you know, I'm not an armchair psychologist. There are aspects of trauma when you're a kid where you may want to become someone else or use another persona as protection you Mm -hmm. know so that's a topic to be just you know um, explored but I don't know how they did it in the doc and I don't know unless you're gonna really do it correctly yeah I don't know it's they I guess like they do show you that she she talks about so her parents her like her parents adopted a bunch of kids who are black and like f- I think four kids maybe, um, I, yeah. I Total, think, I, I think her. I think four kids. No, 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 no. They adopted four black kids. She and her brother were like the biological children of this couple. And at a certain point in her, I think like early teenage years, she started to like. I, I mean, she does kind of say she wanted to, like, disassociate from her family and she felt, like, more black than white. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's really mind-boggling because when you see her, like, the the movie follows her from, like, right after this all breaks for a while after. And she's very, like, if you didn't know anything about her, you would just be like, oh, she's just, like, a lady living her life. Like, mm. she drives her son places and her brother who she calls her son, but he also thinks of her as a mother. So it's like, it's a lot uh-huh. like, wait, so, so, okay. So, Oh, one of her brothers, she, she kind of like raised. Got so, it. so like 
she had a she had a brother, an adopted brother and sister who basically she got custody of because the birth family was abusive and uh. they like left. So she calls them her kids. Okay. Um anyway, the point is she she's so <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I just she seems so in every way but this, in every way but identifying as black and not finding it problematic that she identifies mm-hmm. as black. She seems totally together. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't I expected her to seem a lot more like unhinged or something and she just she didn't except for those two like major things. Anyway, the point is, it was like the whole thing was like mystifying. Um so I know you opened with yeah. the if you're in the mood to watch X, Y, and Z, do this, but if not, don't. So final analysis, like why should someone watch it and why shouldn't someone watch it? Because I'm on the fence at this okay, point. Okay, okay. I would say you someone should watch it if they're just like me, sort of like morbidly fascinated with this person and is trying to understand like what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, is interested in like how like is interested in make making assumptions about how trauma affects people. Um, I would say don't watch it if uh, you are sick of hearing about this whole thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because um, in a way I think the project of trying to like humanize her is kind of insulting. Do you think they try to humanize her? Um, Yeah, not totally without reservation. Like I would say they do, they do, but like ambivalently, mm-hmm. but they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 So good to know. Maybe just read the uh, article. Yeah, I, I think the AGMO Lewis articles was amazing and actually gave me the best insight. I thought. Yeah. So I may not watch the documentary. Yeah, I would. But, I would say you can skip it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was a really long jibber jabber. Catherine, what's yours? No, Talk it's great. Me. I have a lot, and I'm going to try to keep it short. And okay. you might have to cut one of them because it's very long. But um. Uh, basically, I am uh, emceeing an event, and I work this Ooh. event every year. It's a really amazing organization. It's very, very personal to me. If you've listened to Tell the Bartender, my friend Michaela Walker talks about having a very sick child when she mm-hmm. was born and you know never got properly diagnosed, and she died at 18 months, and mm-hmm. it was just really hard to... You know, having a kid with a disability is hard, and it's hard to have a community because then you're a part of parents, and you... Next thing you know, you can't go to the park. You can't, mm. you know, because there's so many different kinds of kids with different um, abilities and, and everyone's different. And so she um, works with this amazing organization called Extreme Kids and Crew. Mm. And as I wrote, they're a community center where children with disabilities, their friends and their families socialize, create, play and take part in inclusive arts programming. Wow. So it, there's sensory rooms for kids who have some like sensory um, things that that are different. Uh, they have different spaces all over New York City. They're expanding. They just do amazing work because as a parent, as a relative, as a child with special needs and you just can't go to the playground mm-hmm. because the parents will shun you for acting not the way that is quote unquote seen appropriate. Um, this is a play space available in many neighborhoods. It's you know, um, not-for-profit. I, I believe it's non-profit. Um, it's a community center, mm. and it just gives families the options to have a play space after school. That's cool. You know, yeah. and um, that's there's not a lot of them, and that's, it's not talked about often. So uh, every year they do a really fun fundraiser, and we have some great guests. There's going to be amazing food donated, uh, drinks, a ball pit. 
Oh, nice. Uh, entertainment. We're going to have uh, Amy Herzog, who's a playwright. Sam Gold, you may know from um, Fun Home, directed Fun Home. Oh, cool. Amazing actors. Maybe somebody who is in uh, Proxima. They're in the Avengers Infinity Wars playing Proxima Midnight. Um, yeah, Carrie Coon and uh, someone. Oh, my God. Carrie Coon's going to be there? Yeah, and Susan Park. Wait, I need you to get Do you want to come? me her. When is it? Tomorrow. Oh, my. Is it at night? It's it's at night, but it's not late night. Wait, I need we need to talk about this off okay. the mic. Uh, and Susan Parfour, who um, has been in a ton of things also, but for me, uh, Becky in Scandal. So I'm just tossing that out there. Oh so, my god! And these are people. There are a lot of people who are, are don't donate money, who are celebrities, who are not billed, but they do not as anonymously because yeah. this is a very important foundation near and dear to them. I might come with you. Yeah, uh, most people who. Uh, are in this ha- either experience or have kids with with you know different needs mm-hmm. and are um, it's it's always a really fun time and I'm the MC and my job is to make sure everything's short and like done and to mm-hmm. the point so everyone can enjoy the ball pit drinks and music. Nice. Um, and what are the um, what are the celebrities going to be doing? Um, they will be doing a short scene from a play that they wrote about. Um, I, I forget exactly the name of the play, so forgive me. The actors are doing that, but um, honorees of the Felix Awards, because Felix is the name of the son of the woman who founded mm. the company, Eliza Factor. Uh, so Amy Herzog and Sam Gold are honorees. They're receiving the That's Felix cool. Awards. So every year they do that. That's awesome. And it's uh, it's beautiful. So if you can't come, uh, go on my Facebook page and just donate. Uh, somebody just donated 10 bucks. Like it's, it's such a great organization. Nice. I donate my time to go there um i am unfortunately missing a very important new york and new futurist event because i got the dates wrong because my brain's been a little loopy but you know they understand yeah so um go to that if you can or send people donate whatever you can um it's it's a really really beautiful event sweet yeah come come sounds awesome i might just do that so that's that now the other thing i wrote let's just talk about this some other time but we discussed on the bonus episode the katie jm baker piece about what do we do when we quote unquote excommunicate men from a community and i brought up in the bonus episode content note jamie kilstein how he's back on twitter and being really activated and active in this totally different space than he used to claim uh, I've, I've uh, with permission from people who I know were traumatized by him uh, I've started tweeting at him and mm-hmm. you know just just for fun has he responded no nope. um, but I don't really care I'm not doing it for me I'm not doing it for anyone else I'm doing it because I'm just kind of like I don't know fuck you uh, <laughs> it's not I don't know I, I just I had okay this is what I said in the bonus step I and this is what I will share I have noticed in our community current community there are still people who know exactly what he did who were either witness to it or like there or saw it or had friends who are still in communication with him and sort of supporting him by way of like liking tweets and comments. I'm so mad about this that I can't even. And that's a whole other topic but I again I don't want to be like become a bonus member just to hear the conversation but (laughs) the Katie J.M. Baker piece we got into it because I kind of was I didn't read it you did I was sort of disagreeing of like who cares what we do with these men? But the point is, no, no, no. These men are just going to go other places. What are we doing as a society? And it brought up some really amazing points that, yeah, we have to start really dealing with it because there has to be change. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. A lot of people, women and some men, are exhausted with having to do the work. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do the work, there's not going to be change. And just asking someone to leave a podcast, you can do that, or leave a job, absolutely. That is something that is important for people's safety or comfort. But in so doing, let us have a larger conversation about 
what we can do to either rehabilitate or educate or um, not, you know, there was a great point in it where it's like, just because your boss grabbed your butt, you don't want to report it because you don't want him to go to jail because everyone seems to think that's the thing. And it's like, there are so many levels and layers to the conversation of sexual harassment, rape culture, assault, that um, we can't just say men be gone and just expect the problem to be over. So... Uh, really read that and let's yeah, maybe piece. find another time to yeah, talk yeah. about it but I wanted to let you know that um and also you know there's people who are choosing to quote unquote not take sides even though they did at the time with specifically Jamie Kilstein um who are now kind of like endorsing him still sorry dude but uh being inactive is an active choice yeah. uh again I say we don't need to do have like a cage match over this but you're really, really hurting people when you're, I would like to have a cage match. Yeah. And and when you say, Oh, I just don't want to get involved, well, guess what? You're involved now. Yeah. You are hurting a lot of people who trusted you. You are hurting a lot of people who cried on your shoulder, who said who tried to support you. So I'm sorry if it's inconvenient that you really, really want to still like this person's work, but until they've done the work to make the change, I see some people who are still interacting with him and I just I don't think that's okay and also like I don't know I don't think I'm I know exactly who you're talking about but I know I think I know vaguely or I know some of the people you're talking about and those people that I'm aware of are people who identify as progressives and who take up space in social justice communities yes and in social justice conversations and so like, you know, I think it's shitty to do that anyway. But if you're going to do that and also be like, I'm a great person who's progressive and believes in social justice, like, fuck all the way off. Yeah. Yeah. Walk the walk. <sighs> Especially if you have influence. Yeah. You know, listen, if there's some listener for, who's, ne- who's never heard of either of us or him and liked one of his tweets, I'm not mad at that person. I'm like, eh, life goes on. But if you were there and you are still um, endorsing, you're probably not listening to this podcast, so I don't know if your yeah. message is going to reach them. <laughs> well, either way, that's sort of why I've started doing the tweeting yeah. is because I want to. I want people who follow me to know, heads up, this is not okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with taking the quote-unquote heat of being like, I'll say it. Yeah. I'll say it. I'll keep saying it. Yeah. Because um, you haven't done the work, dude. Mm-mm. You've not done the work. On the contrary. Mm. Oh, that was that? I thought you were going to say, on the contrary, other opinion. But No, I was going to no, okay. say, on the contrary, like, yeah, I guess that didn't make sense. I was thinking, like, I know what you meant. not only has he not done the work, he, is, well, I guess, yeah, you, I didn't the have opposite. to say Yeah, he, he does terrible things. Well, actually, I don't know what he does. I shouldn't say that. What uh, if that I'm, as far as I know, an MRA, uh, so, oh, you know. Oh, is he really? Kind of, or, like, you know, using words that he used to make fun of words right, people right, using yeah, and, that I knew about um you know being very narcissistic talking about things that you, yeah mm, I don't know either as much but what I do know is his Twitter timeline and I'm just I'm like hey man you didn't block me all right yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna respond he probably muted me or something but how do you know you're not blocked because it would show that I can't see his tweets okay so he didn't block me he blocked a lot of people but maybe I'm muted yeah because I ain't heard shit <laughs> interesting yeah so yeah, that's get- why whenever you tweet him, whenever you retweet, your tweet shows up, and then underneath it says this tweet is unavailable because I blocked him. Oh yeah, that's so why. That's why I don't know what is 
I have to like go to your oh, timeline. Oh, right. Or no, I have to go to his timeline. To oh, see that what sucks. Yeah. yeah. It's better for me. I'll do screenshots for you then. <laughs> Thank you. It's just, it's more of a direct response of there's times where he tweets something and I'm like, nah, dude, you can't get away with this. Like yeah. I, I disagree and I'm going to, again, go public with this because I think it's important to, to show support. Yeah. Well, did you see, um, well, I, I, mean, I won't talk about that. Uh, I will be vague. Did you see that, um, uh, like a very body positive site published I did. his essay and people like contacted them and it got taken down. It did. I was pretty happy about that. And they apologized. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, that's a great start. And that's like, I think I'm not totally sure, but my impression is that, that there are people like we know who listen to this podcast who like reached out and were like, Hey, can you not? And they responded. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Absolutely. So that's maybe one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I've gotten on little Twitter thing. Cause it's been two years. I've been out of respect for people being triggered by him, mm-hmm. not retweeting, not, you know, but uh, now that it's been a while, um, I just want to keep reminding people that um, I'm not okay with what he did. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see some change. I, I would love to see change in the world. Yeah. I know the tweets aren't going to help, but what I do hope that, my stupid occasional, it's only three now, tweets do is just remind someone like, I still got you back. Yeah. You know? Totally. So it'd be nice if more people did it. Okay. Or not. I don't know. I mean, you do you. Yeah. I just, I was doing. thinking about it. Like, I, I don't. If you don't want. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. I, 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 well, it's hard for me to think of how it, I, it would be useful. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not useful I don't know that it would feel useful to me you know what for me I from the responses I got from the first one it felt useful for me from people who were grateful that I said it yeah who are still very hurt and they were like thanks for saying that because they don't want to get involved because it's very hurtful still I think that's it's I'm not like saying like not all heroes were a case but (laughs) I have found that there are people who are responding to me being like hey thanks for saying this so I don't know I don't know well, I'm glad that they have you to thank for doing that. Yeah, but if you don't <laughs> yeah, want to do and I understand why you don't. So. Yeah, it's, well, I don't know. It's just not, I, yeah, I don't know. It's there's just, there's a lot. Yeah, I, it's not really my, um, I don't know, uh, partial, yeah, I, I, I can't really, I, I feel like antagonizing him is I don't know I first I, I like it it feels to me um I I don't know I I hope that like the people who I know um who he hurt mm. know that I support them and stand up for them without me like retweeting him on Twitter I think they do yeah. and and part of the tweets have been with love in in a way like reminding like you know you had people who really supported you mm-hmm. um i hope you remember that you know so part of them have just been like um I, yeah I, I i don't know who i'm doing it for and i do think about it before i tweet i mm-hmm. get permission i ask people their thoughts um some of them are a little mean or silly or funny but i think i i've been wanting to say something publicly for some time mm-hmm. so i guess maybe this is my way of saying yeah it's been two years, but it still affects a lot of people. Yeah. I guess that's why. But yeah. if anyone doesn't feel comfortable, do not do it <laughs> yeah. at all. Totally. Let's get on to a thing we did for self-care. Let's do we? it. Uh, shoot, I'll go first. Please why not? Please do, yeah. Um, so I admitted some defeat this week 
I've been having, uh, I've been feeling very low. As some of you know, I'm going through a uh, breakup situation. I didn't mm. want to talk about it in great detail. Uh, but the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> and, you know, these things happen. I'll be okay eventually. You know, things are tough. Relationships are complicated. But I I am having a hard time because this has brought up, uh, we were talking about this earlier off mic, um, feelings. Like, I've had breakups before and, like, mm-hmm. you know handled it and things go on and life moves on and I've, I I know I'll be okay but for some reason something about this one brought up trauma in me from childhood that I I still can't quite place mm-hmm. why um, I think of that Simpsons episode where Marge is afraid to fly and they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out and at the very end it turns out that she goes to therapy and has a memory that her dad who she thought was a pilot is actually a flight attendant mm-hmm. remember that <laughs> no I, I've never seen and, okay, and they're like that's it that's why you have a fear of flying and or, she's like oh my god thank you so much and the shrink's like so you know let's uh, talk about your mom at the next session she's like nope I'm good bye <laughs> and I think about that often because it's like I, I've done so much work on my child like so much but I'm like, what else is there? I so know. obviously there's stuff. So I did. Um, I also emailed my psychiatrist because there's a part of me that thinks maybe it might be beneficial to go on an antidepressant mm. for a little while because yeah. I am really having a hard time uh, with this. Yeah. And, it, and last time I did, I, I got the right one for me. So I already know which one works for me. And it was very helpful mm-hmm. to clear my head and yeah. start moving forward. So. Yeah. Um, there's that. So I, I admitted defeat. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's not defeat. It's just, you know what I'm saying? When I you, do. You think you're like, I'm fine. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not But I fine. think like, I mean, that I think is what separates, not to make it like an us, them binary, but I think that like, <laughs> but just to make it an us, them binary, <laughs> I think that's like what separates people who are like somewhat tuned in to like how they're doing is is when they know like okay actually this is next level and I have work to do and I can't do it if I don't get some help yeah whereas like I mean that to me is like the opposite of like a weakness that's like a strength you know yeah and part of my um you know self-care slash avoiding things is uh sleeping I mean I'm getting work done I'm back at work I'm doing things I'm actually working a lot which is good but um I uh I've been preferring to just stay home, play with my neighbor's dog, and watch Average Tomato every night, which I think is solid. But my friend Hillary from the near future is who, by the way, we all have to meet because I think you, yeah. you and her, be just fast friends immediately. She followed me on Twitter, and I got really excited. Oh my god, she's so funny. I freaked out. She's so funny. Um, she wanted to take me out on Monday, and then like I was having such a bad day, but I was already in the city, and so I was like, oh, fine, I want to cancel, not because I don't love her, but I just can't be in public right now. Yeah. But I'll go, mm-hmm. and she'll understand if I'm like after 15 minutes need to leave. And um, we had, of course, an amazing time because you know I can be honest with her, and then we're talking business and laughing, and it was so wonderful. That sounds awesome. And we just had a really, really nice. Really good times. So I just want to say thanks to Hillary for that. And also just for, you know, not forcing me out of the house. But there's times where it's like, you know, and a lot of friends are doing this. Like, hey, let's yeah. meet up. And I'm I'm starting to say yes to that again. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Good self-care. Self-care. Sally. Ooh, I like yours. My self-care is that I vented. Mm. I vented to you. Oh. Earlier today. Over text. Oh, and I won't go into it. Yeah, because it's not important. Right. It, what is important after? Yeah, is that sometimes you just feel annoyed yeah. and frustrated, mm-hmm. and you know you cannot say anything and let it simmer and maybe like dissipate, or if you're me, let it simmer and grow into like a ball of rage that <laughs> threatens to consume you and 
indeed uh, the entire explored universe. I decided to vent to you and it was only a few tags. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, you know, you've, I can really go on. This was like pretty brief. Got it out. Felt good. Thank you for giving me the space to do that. You know I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. I oh, was I know. a thousand percent into it. I was like, event away. I think I used all caps at some point. Yeah, there were a lot of caps. There were a lot of caps. Caps were used. I love it. I love it. So that's good. Get that out of the way. So, hey, let's get to our first question then, shall let's, we? Let's do it. So this is, they chose this name, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is from Gloria. I will read it. Do you want me to read it? Are you cool with reading it? Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. Hi, Kate and Sally. I have been in a loving and supportive relationship for four to five years. My boyfriend is incredible. He is super talented, giving, and kind. His family is amazing and has accepted me as one of their own. I love him, and while I was realistic about the possibility of the relationship ending up, ending eventually, we started dating when I was 18, I'm 23 now, I have never had any intention of breaking up with him. I've had no reason to. He's great. Over the past four years, I've identified more and more as somewhat somewhere on the asexual spectrum. I've never been attracted to someone other than my partner in a serious way, and I have a kind of take-it-or-leave-it attitude towards sex in general. I thought that if I wasn't feeling excited to have sex with this great guy, I probably just wasn't very sexual. I was okay with this. I didn't actively dislike sex. I just didn't really get the hype. Until... Three weeks ago, when I met someone on a business trip to a different state, we had an instant bond that I was ready to brush off as a work crush. When I got back home, no physical contact happened, but it hasn't gone away. Talking with this person has made me realize that I might have been misidentifying myself as asexual. I find this person attractive in a way that I've never felt before, and I'm so excited to know that there might be a sexual world that I do want to be a part of. When I talk with this man, I feel like I'm rediscovering discovering a part of myself that I buried as a rather sexual teenager, and I love it. But here's the catch. I'm still living in my boyfriend's apartment, and he has no idea that such a huge part of me has changed. It hasn't been the kind of sexual awakening that I want to bring back and celebrate with him, unfortunately. And having sex with my boyfriend since meeting this person has felt worse. It makes me feel sad and disconnected. I know we need to break up, but I don't know how to have this conversation with him. I have an apartment lined up for mid-June and a place I could stay until then, but I have no idea how to explain this to my boyfriend, who is my best friend. It seems cruel and unnecessary to tell him about the person I met, but I don't want to blindside him, and I'm not sure how to explain my feelings. What's the best way to break up with someone you love deeply, but have suddenly realized is more like a sibling than a lover? How can I minimize his hurt feelings? I don't want to, quote unquote, work on things. I want to figure out who I am as an independent person slash woman. The longer I let this go on, the more I'm getting unrightfully resentful of my amazing partner. I feel cowardly for not letting my boyfriend in on what's going on with me while I communicate so openly with this other person. I want to be brave and take my sexuality seriously, but it is hard when I keep getting the advice from people that say this lust will pass. I don't want it to. Thank you endlessly and for all. And thank you endlessly, endlessly for any and all advice, Gloria. Gloria, thank you for this. Thanks, Gloria. Um, well, let's see. So 
it sounds like you've decided to break up with him and you want advice on how to best do it and minimize his hurt feelings. Um, okay. I, I don't think you can minimize his hurt feelings. I think that that's kind of like out of your control. And I think that, um, that is something that you have to come to terms with as someone who's ending a relationship is that you don't really have a say in how the other person feels. I think of course you can go about it in a respectful and honest way and you can behave with integrity and kindness, but you know, his feelings might be real hurt. Um, and that's nothing you can do about it. Um, I do think that like, uh, delaying telling him, especially when it sounds like you're kind of moving forward, um, in your head with like not being with him anymore. Um, that feels not like in the service of minimizing his hurt feelings. So I would like prioritize communicating with him. Um, I'm not really sure how to advise you on like, um, like I, I don't know that it, it would help to say like, I actually don't, think I'm asexual anymore because then his response would be like so then why can't we be together and have a more sexual relationship and then you'd be like in a bit of a tight spot because it sounds like although you didn't say this but it sounds to me like you aren't interested you aren't sexually attracted to your partner basically and so you don't have an interest in like that is not something that would fix the relationship you're in so uh you might have to just be honest and say that you met someone else um or you can not say that at all and you know you can say that you're ready to move on or that you you know you're not attracted to him and you don't want to be in the relationship I the problem with that is that it in my experience like having broken up with someone who I cared about but didn't want to be with anymore they they might have a lot of questions and want to know why and it's like really hard to think of what to say because saying like I'm attract I I like someone else I'm not sexually attracted to you I'm not in love with you like those are all things that like are true but it really fucking sucks to hear and so you kind of want to like minimize the amount that you're saying them on the other hand you want to be honest so I don't know that's kind of a whole like clusterfuck of thoughts Catherine oh uh, yeah so um everything Sally said I co-sign I I have to say um it's interesting. You say the longer I let this go on, the more and more I'm, get, I'm getting unrightfully resentful of my partner. So at this point now, I'm not making assumptions, but are, are you trying to not now find reasons to hate him and get angry with him or something? Because the more this festers, the worse it's going to get. After you listen to this show, I urge you to sit down with yourself for five minutes and make the choice of breaking up with this person as soon as humanly possible because the more this goes on, especially if you have an apartment lined up, yeah, that's that feels like a betrayal. Um, I'm not saying you are betraying him. And also, you know, there are many situations where let's say someone is in physical danger or they need, they need mm-hmm. to get out without someone knowing. Like there, there's no, you know, it's, it's good that you're looking out for you, but you're wondering the best thing to do for his feelings and the, you're doing nothing for his feelings right now. In fact, you're actively doing everything just for your feelings and having a conversation in your head that he's not a part of. So you have to have a conversation with him now. Should you bring up the asexual stuff immediately? Should you bring up that you met somebody at a work conference? I would say the first conversation, maybe not, just because one might hear, oh, that's why you're breaking Mm -hmm. up with me. Oh, you met someone else. Oh, you lied to me about sexuality. When that's not the case, I don't think you're 
I don't think that's, I think these are catalysts to the next uh, part of your life. I don't think you're leaving him for this person. I don't think you're leaving him because you're having a sexual awakening. I think you just don't want to be with this person anymore, it sounds like. Okay. So I would maybe start off, at least start off the conversation. Do you think that like, that Gloria is aware of that? Or I mean, like, are you, do you think that is, are you getting that from the email? That what? That, because what I'm getting from the email is that, she wants to end this relationship because she wants to be with this other person and because she oh, okay. isn't sexually attracted to her boyfriend and wants, and she is this other person, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm wondering like, okay. I think my instinct told me that this is a catalyst and okay. because they live out of state. Apparently I don't know. Okay. So who, there's who like knows? something else going on. Exactly. Yeah. I see. Okay. Sorry. I, so I did not mean to assume that, but w- all I'm getting here with the basic basic is that you want to make, you want to leave this relationship and Breaking up with someone sucks, but the more honest you are and as soon as you can be and with, you know, like I said, you don't have to tell him everything in mm-hmm. this. Like, that's a lot of information, right? You don't have to. But just so you know, there will be tears. There will be yelling. There will be anger. There will be feelings. There will be processing. You might get texts at two in the morning with a question. You might get a phone call saying, can we talk more about this? You might right. get direct questions like, did you meet someone? You might be like, when were you planning on telling me this? These are all questions you might get. Yeah. And that person has every right to ask them because it sounds that – they don't know. Maybe they know something's wrong, but if they don't, this is a lot of information. Yeah. So just be very kind with yourself and with them. But as soon as you humanly can, a conversation needs to happen because you can't you can't make assumptions on your boyfriend's part that you know how he's going to react. You don't know how he's going to react until you have that conversation. And it's scary, but you'll get you'll get through it. And so long as you feel physically safe and otherwise, and there's going to be tears maybe, um, it's not easy. But the sooner you do it, the sooner you can both move on with your lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So does that? Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to think of anything else to add. I think, you know, there's... I. I I wouldn't say there's no good way to break up with someone because I think mm-hmm. like there are like some ways of doing it are like, like I think like ghosting is a bad way to break up with someone. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I I think like uh, whatever I think, but I I do think a bad way of breaking up with someone is not doing it for a while when you know you want to. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, you know, I've been in relationships where there's kind of a period of like. It, it takes me a while to get there to realize that I want to end the relationship. I think that's like fine. I think sometimes it just like takes a second. But like once you know, mm. um, I really think that you owe it to your partner. Again, you know, like not every situation is the same. Like if you're with someone who's like toxic or manipulative or terrible mm-hmm. or abusive or dangerous, like whatever, do whatever you need to do to keep yourself safe. But if it's if basically what's holding you back is like you feel really shitty about how bad they're going to feel mm-hmm. that I don't think is a good reason to not have the conversation. And yeah. they're, like, I don't there. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. Like, and you know, I mean, you know, there is always the possibility that you think something's going to suck and it's not going to, and that he's going to be like, Oh, thank God I was feeling like something was <laughs> yeah. off. And like, I'm yeah. glad you're on the same page. Like, I don't think that's like out of the realm of possibility. You, you actually didn't really talk too much about his feelings for you or how he relates to you. So I don't really know that part of it. But like, I think like just going by like, 
the odds, like just if I were to play the numbers breakup, like on what's going to happen during a breakup, it's it's going to be like the stuff that Catherine mentioned, like the text of like, when can we talk more? And have you met someone else? And all that kind of stuff. So, you know, batten down the hatches because mm-hmm. it might happen. Yeah. And then looking over again, how can I minimize this hurt feelings? I know we kind of went over this, but you may not be able to and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 their person's right to have those feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, um and again, going back to the person you met and are attracted to, I I would be hesitant unless he asked directly because it, it's not I I don't think it's true that you're breaking up with him just to be with this person. Mm-hmm. I think that you've made it clear that you kind of just want to explore this part of your mm-hmm. life. Um and that that's something that I know someone might fixate on. Mm-hmm. Um but if he asks, be honest. And um, his hurt feelings are his own right to have. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's really not your job to minimize them. Um, it, it, here's what I suggest just be honest and um, listen and listen to him too. And hope he listens to you and find ways to listen to each other and understand that it doesn't have to be a one night conversation. It can happen over the course of a few weeks. Mm-hmm. If, if it's too much information at once, people need to stop and process and think mm-hmm. and think about, you know, two people are in a relationship. Right. Um, this is not all on you. Totes. Cool. Good, all right. Good Thanks. luck, Gloria. Thanks. All right. So let's get to email number two. Okay. This is from Chuck. Kate and Sally. Fake name, right? Sorry. I didn't yeah. Say yeah. I recently experienced an event that I am not sure how... I feel should be handled and would appreciate other input on. In reality, it is not about me and is kind of the and that is kind of the reason I'm looking for opinions on the matter. Background. My girlfriend and I were at a friend's place, the friend and her husband. Their 10-ish year old child was throwing a frisbee roughly two feet wide, which I still don't understand. And it accidentally hit my girlfriend, a bystander in the face. I think everyone understands that it wasn't intentional and my girlfriend rightfully called for the kid to come to her and told him how it hurt her since it was ignored by others. Gotta appreciate a brave school teacher to not dismiss what happened. Side note, the kid ignored his name being called the first three times. So let's call him Arrow, even though this isn't about him. I just want to say this is a long time listener because Arrow originated originated with Lady Power Hour. I love it. Um, Understandably, Arrow seemed to feel awkward and eventually let off an apology that seemed more like an awkward situation than an acknowledgement, which is kind of fine, but the issue stems more toward how his father handled it. The father immediately reacted to the fact that his son would never intentionally do that, and in other words, what my girlfriend felt was an overreaction and that she was the reason that an awkward situation was happening. After trying to express to him that all... Sorry, excuse me. After all, after my goodness gracious, I forgot how to read for like one second. After trying to express to him that all that should be acknowledged is that the child did something that hurt someone. And if the child wasn't doing it, a parent in their 30s should. We realized that he was a reactionary fuckwad and we left immediately. What followed seemed to me as a sincere concern from the friend of ours saying that what her husband did was not right and to ignore his actions because he had been drinking. In the near future, we plan to be married, and my girlfriend previously planned to have our friend be a bridesmaid of hers. Unfortunately, my girlfriend is still upset over the Understandably, si- my girlfriend. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Excuse me. Jeez, what is happening, we, Catherine? It's, 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 it's been an afternoon. It's super hot. I think that's what yeah. it is. My brain is melting. Okay. Understandably, my girlfriend is still upset over the situation and currently has cut ties from their friendship due to the dismissal the friend expressed for her husband's actions. 
So now this is where my question comes in. I have already asked if my girlfriend would be okay with me reaching out to the person to clarify that a sincere apology is all that my girlfriend is asking for. She agrees that this is what she is wanting, but she has said she does not want me to do this. I will respect her wishes, but I also understand she is in pain from not seeing her friend due to her husband's actions and that she is no longer considered my girlfriend's bridesmaid. To wrap up this long email, what should I do? Reaching out for sure is fucked up, but I don't like seeing the pain that my girlfriend faces from this. It's not my girlfriend's fault, but it is also not our friend's fault. Sorry for the longest email you've ever received. (laughs) Oh, Chuck. It's not. Oh, Chuck. Oh, sweet, sweet Chuck. But thank you for the outlet you provide. Chuck. Okay. I'm just going to make sure the question's clear here. Uh, Chuck and girlfriend are planning to be married, but uh, the girlfriend does not want to invite the other friend to be a bridesmaid anymore right and that has been expressed to the girlfriend is that not oh that do we know that, that? I'm, I'm confused um i asked my girlfriend if we'd be okay if we reach out to the person to clarify that a sincere apology is all that she's asking for maybe maybe the friend knows that she's not going to be a bridesmaid but doesn't know why is that maybe yeah i guess we don't really know that part that maybe. part was yeah i was a little confused about that um okay <laughs> uh I will say, Chuck, thank you for this so much. Um, you you painted a picture, you told a story. I could see it all in my head. You're you all did the right thing. You and your girlfriend did. Uh, I wonder why Arrow is turning out the way he is. <laughs> we all know the answer to that. <laughs> but if you already asked your girlfriend, and I understand that you're um, uh, looking out for her and really you know feel badly about this. Um, she doesn't want you to. She's already said I, that for whatever reason, she does not want you to reach out to this other girlfriend. So I would say respect that. Um, she's in pain, but she will tell you when she needs something I trust. I trust that um, if she did want you to say something, she would say, can you say something? Maybe she's hoping another friend of theirs will say something. Maybe she's thinking it's not your place. Um, who knows? And if it's an apology she wants, and it's an apology that she will maybe eventually get. But for right now, I think reaching out would not be a good thing to do simply on the basis of she said, don't do it. Now, that said... I respect you as a person for wanting to help out. I think that um, it's really, really thoughtful of you. Clearly, you're also mad at this person, uh, but this is not going to help things. Um, So for whatever reason, she's made it clear that she doesn't want you to reach out. So Mm -hmm. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I would respect her wishes. It sounds like you guys have talked a lot about the incident, but I'm wondering if you've sat down with your girlfriend and said, look, I, I really, I mean, I guess, I guess Chuck, like, what you you said that it's really hard for you that your girlfriend is in so much pain. Um, and I think that that's that's like a tough spot to be in because sometimes it's like you just have to like let the person be in pain. And mm. then other times, you know, you can sit the person down and be like, look, like this isn't worth losing this friendship over. I know how much you care about this person. Mm-hmm. Like, let me help you figure out how to mend these fences or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure what the right like which is the right thing but it to me like you know I wasn't there and everyone's different and so on and if this is the way your girlfriend feels like if this is the reaction that if this is the path that feels right then Mm. cool but like to me like I don't know if if I was really good friends with someone and we had this like falling out over like the 
dumb kid. Um, <laughs> I don't like make it taking someone away, like taking away, make demoting someone from bridesmaid is that's like such an intense statement about like your friendship. And I don't know, it, it something like doesn't add up to me and I'm finding it hard to like give advice. Not that I think that you're like lying or mm-hmm. that like you didn't tell us something that happened, but more that like there must be, the only thing I think of is that there's like something else going on with your girlfriend's like friendship or her feelings about the dude that are like, or I don't know, have they been terrible? And this is like the cherry on top. It just, mm. it seems like, I don't, or maybe it doesn't, I don't know. Maybe when your friend's kid hits you in the head with a Frisbee and then the father's a dick about it, you are like, sorry, I don't want you to be a bride. Maybe it's, an, I don't know. Am I, am I, am I off? No, I, I mean, it, no, this all makes sense. It's just, I think because we didn't get all the information that it's yeah. a little confusing. We're not quite sure. We don't want to infer anything. Yeah. So uh, that makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I, I'm wondering like if you can just have, well, okay. First of all, you didn't say like when you're getting married, but. I, and I can't tell from near future, but if you're not getting married in the next like few months, I would say that also you can kind of like let it sit mm. and see what happens because sometimes just with time, like feeling soften and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think maybe you can probably like sit on it a little bit and then maybe have a conversation with your girlfriend about it. Um, but, uh, but I think the other thing too is like sometimes you have to like let your partner do what they want to do, even mm. if you like, uh, even if it's hard for you. Yeah. 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 But it's it's good that you asked before you did it. And it's good that you listened. And, um, you know, if, if she wants to talk more about the loss of the friendship with you, mm. something like that, yeah. maybe it would be helpful or, and good for her. So, you know, just um, think about other ways you can help her because that's a really shitty thing. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I mean... You know, I imagine the the girlfriend might be embarrassed that her husband was drunk and, you know, her kid did something shitty. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot going on there. So maybe there's a lot of feelings of sadness. Maybe maybe they had a conversation you didn't know about, you know, mm, yeah, you know, no. So just just keep listening and talking to your yeah. lovely person and keep the conversation open if they want to. Yeah, You can also say to your girlfriend, like how can I support you? Mm. Like, I understand that you don't want me to reach out to your friend, but like, what can I do? And mm-hmm. maybe that will get you, that'll like elicit something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, luck, yeah, Chuck. Let us know. Great questions. So we're going to end it now. Cause we're we jibber jabbered a long time. We, we so, went a little long. Sally, it's my song of the week. So while I finalize it, do you mind doing the, uh, yeah, let me get into this oh, outro wait, situation. I make sure I didn't use this before. So follow us at Struggle Bus Pod. You can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. And you can use that email address to request to get into the Facebook group or to ask us a question you want us to answer on the show. Follow us on Instagram at the Struggle Bus Pod. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420. Follow Catherine at SPK Heller. Follow me at Sally T. You want me to keep going? Yeah, because it turns out we had used this song before. Oh, shucks. <laughs> ah! Okay. Uh, I'm going to keep talking. What should I talk about? Give me one more second. I think of one more. <laughs> um, so I was out until like 11 o'clock last night. Uh-huh. And oh, that's late for you. Right? Can you believe it? What happened? Um, there's, I started playing D&D with a group at my job. No way. So I'm dead fucking serious, man. And you know what? It's all the fault of slash thanks to Lucas. 
Lucas. Yeah, Lucas plays D and D. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I hope mm. Lucas. I hope you don't mind that I just said that. I should probably make sure and we maybe have you take it that out. Or uh, yeah, we'll give him a different name. Give him the alias. Okay. Um, well, let me just do that right now, real quick. I'll text him and see if keep he going. Minds. Yeah, keep going. I think I've been song. Keep going. Uh, hi. Um. Oh, keep going about my story. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm texting Lucas. Okay, we're really breaking the old fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Um. It was really fun. Um, it was really nerdy. And I don't care. I'm here for it. Um, I met new people, which was like scary, but they were really cool. And I haven't stayed out that late um, in a decade, but it was super fun and totally worth it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, listen, song of the week. Of course, it's an Oasis song, because why not? Why not? I love Oasis. Um, it's called Gas Panic. It's from the album Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. Fun story about this. Is it going to be fun? Who knows? Uh, they were at a bar and they were, at the, and I think the phrase is standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, yeah. But they wrote on a bar nap, they were standing on the shoulder of giants as their new album name. And then the next day they were like, ah, fuck it. So that's the name of the album. The song is called Gas Panic. If you can understand a single lyric in it, listening to it the first time around congratulations uh if you can't uh google them the lyrics are really beautiful and um just sort of uh feeling panic and feeling uh scared i think it could be about um uh, a sword. I don't know. It could, could be, be I'm looking, literally looking at things in your part. Or, or lamp. It I have be. a plastic light up sword. Yeah, if but, anyone's wondering what kind of sword I have. Yeah, but what I get from the song is there's um there's a lot of scary things in the world and you uh you panic sometimes and that's that happens. It does happen. Yeah. Catherine, I always forget that you're like actually a really deep Oasis fan. So deep. It's like not like you joke around when you like retweet. Is it lo- Liam or no? Liam. Okay. Like it's like funny and everything, but actually like this goes really fucking He's deep. He's my cover image. That's amazing. You know, I have an autographed. Yeah. I, yeah, I, mean, right? I mean, you're, you are actually Oasis's number one fan. Next level. I love it. Next level. Um, I just want to just to tie up a loose end. Lucas said, I can say everything I said. Fantastic. And if he had said no, you would have cut all that out. Uh, and maybe you will anyway. I actually did stop recording temporarily while you were texting Lucas because oh, that's great. how much I care. Okay, thank you. Plus, it's easier to edit. All right. Hey, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. I feel like we're doing a experiment for science to see if we can record a podcast in like 100% humidity and 90 degree <laughs> heat. <laughs>